Good morning and welcome to Morning Job. I brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market back home where they are serving up the Pilgrim just in time. You can have Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. All every day this week. You could have it every day. Like, does it run through December, right? I believe the so. The Pilgrim is there. You could have Thanksgiving for the rest of your life. Uh, the Steelers have Thanksgiving and not a day more to get ready for the Baltimore Ravens after beating the Jaguars here in Jacksonville 27 to 3 and the first thing I want to bring up with you Dale is Joe Hayden and Juju Smith-Schuster were both hurt in this game and Mike Tomlin wanted nothing to do with that and I've seen him like that where he might know they're hurt he doesn't want anybody else knowing it and he wants them to play well Hayden came back into the game right briefly and then, and then they pulled him back out. I think that had a lot to do with, A, the situation. They were up, I believe, 20-3 to three at the time. And secondly, that field was so slick, and his, his was, like, I believe, an ankle or something like that, that the same thing with Juju, that you got to get him out of the game. You were winning the football game. You don't need them. you got other guys that you can put in there. So, And, again, it's a short week. You want them healthy for, to play against the Ravens on Thursday night. So get them out of the football game. Um, they could have given – Jacksonville 27 more possessions and all it, would have, all it would have added up to was about 10 more interceptions for young Jake Luton. He's they all, awful. They all had no use for Jake Luton through this whole game. I'm here to share with you. I, I, I saw some stuff that actually looked somewhat encouraging for Jacksonville early on, but okay, alright. He's awful. Um, I just Sometimes when I see Tomlin like that, when he's that way about injuries, he's sending a message to everybody. Look, look, they're playing. You understand me, right? They're absolutely playing. And those guys are gamers. They're going to want to play yeah. regardless. And it's a game against the Ravens. They're definitely going to want to play. So I, I expect them both to be ready to go. Uh, practice this week for what it's going to be worth. It's going to be a walkthrough on Tuesday. That's going to be practice. They'll have a walkthrough, kind of a, what they call a hat day, where everybody's just out there in a hat, no shells, just, you know, just kind of jogging through stuff. And then Wednesday will be the walkthrough. Thursday they'll play. And it's not like they don't have precedent that this year they can win a game with Ben Roethlisberger having no full practices. The big theme coming into this game, probably even more than the 10-0 thing, was going to be whether or not the Steelers could rediscover their running game. And James Conner ran for 89 yards. Uh, he had a 25-yarder in there. He had another big gain. Um, I, I don't know how much of a gauge this was. What, what did the, what did you what did you get from this? Here's the thing. I mean, everybody wants them to come out in a with double tight ends yeah. and a fullback and yeah. run the football. That's not today's NFL. Did you see that Jaguars team? They were bringing guys up off their practice squad to play cornerback in this game against that talented and deep wide receiver yeah. group. The idea when, when when teams have to do that, you throw the football. Yeah, that's what you do. That's that's what the strength of your team is. So why would you take those guys off the field? Yeah, hey, we got to play Derek Watt. Okay, you don't have to do it. All right, all right. But if you're trying to become a better football team at the run, and I understand you have to win this game first, and the, and the Jaguars were predictably scrappy in the first half, whatever, before they just ran out of whatever, including running out of players because they kept having significant injuries even during the course of the game. Yeah, every time they interfered with Chase Claypool. Somebody got hurt. It was like the reverse Linus. Did you catch that? It's like they were they were preparing to get burned by Claypool. Ow! 
Um, what were we talking about? The running game. What I wanted to see, and I don't care if this was just selfish and irrational or whatever. I don't care if it was a fullback or whatever, but I wanted to see some semblance of run blocking up the middle. And I understand Jacksonville, they had the corners. They also blitzed like crazy. Doug Maroney was sending everybody. Yeah, they were muddled. They were kind of walking everybody around. Nobody had their hand in the dirt. And so you, you had to kind of guess who yeah. was coming. And, you know, the Steelers picked it up. I no, no, really no, nice job no and it was a good, it was a good idea on Maroney's part to do that because it was as close as they were going to come to attacking, you know, and to, to they had to, to protect those corners. They had to get some kind of rush on on Roethlisberger. Yeah, that and, was it. He yeah. knew he right. He yeah. knew he was going to be at the mercy there. So it was it was a nice strategy and everything. But everybody at the line, I thought, prevented the Steelers from running up the middle. And then when you see when Connor was out, or for that matter, when Connor himself went up the middle, there was nothing there. Benny Snell came in, tried to go up the middle, nothing there. Anthony McFarland, why do they keep sending him up the middle? But they do, nothing there. Well, I mean, the, the strength of this Jaguars team, the one position where you would say, okay, you take those guys over the, over the guys the Steelers have, is it inside linebacker with Miles Jack. And, you know, the, so, you know, they have, you know, talented guys at the second level. Um, but the rest of it was just a mess. And again, you have to attack those cornerbacks when they're bringing guys in. Both of their starting cornerbacks were out in this game. Yeah. You got to come out and throw no, at those no, guys. No, you I'm have not, to. I'm not disputing the strategy. Thursday night, you will see the Steelers in some big packages against the Ravens. I can guarantee it. Because are you writing this down? Are I can you guarantee this down? it because they're going to come out. That's going to involve 44 on the field. It's going to involve 44 on the field because. You don't want the Ravens getting into that pack. The Ravens' best package is when they have all the defensive backs on the field. That's, that's right. That's what they have. That's what they're best. And they're going to be missing. They didn't, they didn't have today, and they lost to the Titans. Uh, the two big interior linemen, Calais yeah. Campbell and, and uh, the big uh, nose tackle. Uh, so, yeah, line up in a big package. Make them get their bigs on the field because their bigs aren't as good without those guys. Well, we'll see. It's not that far from That's now. what I would do anyways. Yeah. The Steelers are, of course, 10 and 0. See, he's good. Uh, and the Ravens are six and four six now. Six and four after the loss, the overtime loss to Tennessee. Uh, they're coming into Pittsburgh playing for their lives. Uh, I'm not talking about AFC North lives. I'm talking about playoff lives. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was a huge loss for them. Not only losing to the Titans, but you, now you don't have the tiebreaker against the Titans. Coming into this week, the Ravens were the seventh seed at, at, that, at that point. Now they would be out of the playoffs completely. And the Browns are now all of a sudden the only team that's left that could threaten the Steelers, the AFC North. Although, I mean, they've got three losses. The Steelers crushed them head to head. And yet, I'm sorry, but to me, the biggest story in the division isn't any of those teams. It's not. Uh, what happened to Joe Burrow? Washington was a, it was a, I mean, a, a sickening sight you know, for a lot of reasons. But what I wanted to bring up with you here is when you see great quarterbacks, potentially great quarterbacks, I'm not, I mean, I'm saying that respectfully, great potential quarterback, and they come to these crappy teams and these crappy franchises and they don't sufficiently protect them. And we knew, everybody knew. Burrow was going to get sacked 50 times this season, and he was going to get knocked down 150 times this season. And that's not to say that's what happened on this play, although it, it, 
mean, he did have somebody get back. One of his guys got backed up into him. But when are teams going to get the memo that you've got to protect these guys? Yeah, they thought that they had a line in place. Um, obviously, they were wrong about that. I talked to some people, uh, some Bengals people at the NFL scouting combine, and obviously everybody knew they were going to draft Burrow, and that was my question. Right. Uh, you know, I talked to Jeff Hobson. He said, oh, no, their line will be fine. They're, they're getting the left tackle back, and they th- they think they got this and that. And I'm but like, the left, the left tackle wasn't bad. Yeah, the left tackle wasn't any good to begin with. And, and I understand they also invested draft picks in offensive linemen. They did, and we gave them credit for it. The night, the night of the draft, the, the two nights of the draft, they went deeper into the – those guys aren't going to be able to walk onto an NFL field. And this is why, you know, I know everybody, Bob Nutting's that guy, okay? But it's it's real. I mean, Mike Brown is who he is. And the Bengals had to go and pay up for an offensive line, and they didn't do it. Yeah, and, and it's a real problem, and it's a sad uh, situation for them. I mean, they're going to be starting Ryan Finley the rest of the season. Oh, and I he's, mean, forget the season. He's worse than Jake Luton that we just saw out here. And that's saying something. <laughs>